0: Are you there, PL? Here, PL. Are we recording? But yeah, but dude, my voice is just not the winning one today, man. I'm all nasally and stuff. That's fine. That's good.
1: I mean, I can do it if you don't think you can handle it. No, 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 I can do it. What? What happened to the show? Must go on.
0: Uh, yeah, no. Oh, what does he say in the office when he's like over the teeth, through the gums? Look out, stomach. Okay, <laughs> oh, yeah. and he like takes the shot or yeah. whatever. All right, you ready? Yeah, go ahead.
1: activities are called 9 Is <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad. The podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s.
1: We are your hosts, Woody Brown and Tyler Benz. How's it going, dude?
0: Uh it's going much better, man. I don't know if uh well first off, Happy New Year. Happy
1: New Year to you and all our listeners.
0: And all of our listeners and
1: friends listening. I mean mm-hmm. it
0: feels it feels good to be back um on the air. I yeah. know we had you know, just the regular holiday, but it was also ex- one of the things that I did not ask Santa for this year. Was COVID. But um, (laughs) what I found under the tree Mm -hmm. was a hefty, hefty dose of COVID 19 for the whole family. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still recovering. My wife and I got it. And let me tell you something, folks. And maybe this is like a new chapter in a parenting book or manual Mm -hmm. that needs to be written. Well, well, we're working on that parenting book at the moment, too. Oh, really? Are you talking about you and I are? Yeah, you and I. This is news to me. But Basically, a chapter that needs to be written Damn it, out of necessity is how to parent when both parents are just laid out sick. Yeah, because uh, that might be the hardest thing about this COVID nineteen experience, really. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to make a lot of it because there's a lot of folks that have uh, you know had a tough time with it and stuff. And luckily, man, I'll, I'll be honest with you, one of the hardest parts of it is just the anxiety mm-hmm. that comes with this. Um, uh, sickness or whatever. So, all that being said, well, I appreciate everybody's patience for just kind of like us just being... I mean, literally, dude, I could not do anything. I'm like,
1: I didn't have the energy to get out of bed. Well, I what mean, I almost... Either. I was this close to just calling up Clay and saying, hey, man, you just want to co-host? You could do it, man. I know, you know could we could do, do it. it. Maybe that's what we need to do and have like a guest host next time one of us is
0: down mm-hmm. for the count.
1: Um Yeah, it is. It so, is so, anyway... <laughs> It is. <laughs> it is so good to be back. It mm-hmm. it feels like it's been forever. And honestly, we would have had a show out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
0: mean, we have some in the coffer here.
1: Yeah, yeah. We we had one. We were going to come out, but um, as most of you know, we have kids, and our kids are at home. And boy, howdy, it just it was it just wasn't going to work. I mean, they are so mm-hmm. loud. Yeah. So. And it's tough, too, man. It's
0: kind of h- tough to be like, everybody quiet down in the house. When yeah. it's, like, it's like the holidays, man. You're trying to, you know, everybody's got the Christmas spirit. And you're like, <laughs> stop running around. Dad's know, doing um, his
1: damn podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man, what did that remind me of? Oh, dude, that scene in old school when uh, Luke Wilson comes home and he's like, I've had a long day and even longer week and all I want to do. <laughs> the truth of the matter is I've had a hell of a day. An even worse month. And the fact is, I got 40 strangers out in my living room, and all I want to do is get some f-ing sleep. So I'm sorry, but we're not starting a fraternity. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's the best. And he's like, all you got to do is say earmuffs to him, and then you can say whatever you want. And he's like, I don't know why you got to do it in front of the kid with the effing. All you got to do is say earmuffs to him. Earmuffs. And you can say whatever you want. Okay, I'm just proving a point. You don't have to celebrate it. Oh man, we're gonna have to believe that a lot of bleeping. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so, dude, I say since this is the first episode of the new year, I kind of want to talk a little bit about like you know what we did during the holidays. Look, mm-hmm. we already talked about every day in Christmas movie ever, so maybe not that. And yeah, I guess I have to admit to everybody I still never saw or watched It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, or I didn't either. Miracle on Thirty Fourth. So I,
1: I, I I'm sorry. It I blame it on. I blame it on. Kobe. Although uh, speaking of uh, Clay. He did mention that one of those two movies is basically the Mandela effect. Mm. Do you remember well, him saying something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said there was like some supernatural
0: stuff, which I, I do want to watch it. Maybe if I like watch it outside of Christmas time.
1: Yeah, maybe you're right. Actually, I think there then maybe I have, like, like more interest in it. Well, I, I think there was such a stigma to it because it was like boring. It, well, it was boring, but then growing up, I remember, um, and I mean, you know, I love my grandparents to death and all, and, like, older people. I've always gotten along better with older people, but, like, there was something about, like, oh, you have to watch this movie. This is the best Christmas movie ever made. When you're hearing that mm-hmm. from, like, older people growing up, it's just, like... Yeah, yeah. you're a kid, and yeah. you just got done watching The Grinch, and you're like,
0: well, is it the best movie ever, made? <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's like,
1: yeah, I'm not watching like, that.
0: No, seriously, sit down for the next... Here, curl up. We got about three and a half hours, mm-hmm.
1: and it's just gonna be action
0: pack. Here's some yarn
1: so you can knit while you do it. Mm -hmm. But man, it is good to be back. Uh, And also, since you're still a little light in the loafers, um, (laughs) I think instead (laughs) of going straight in on a topic, which we did have planned, we just kind of decompress a little. Just take it easy, Mm -hmm. keep your pajamas on, um, and and talk about some cool stuff that that we consumed over the holidays, Mm -hmm. and some not-so-cool stuff, which... Yeah. I got. We got to, I got to get it off my chest, man. Let's get into it. Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Did not
0: like it, dude. Horrible. Two thumbs down, man. Two thumbs down.
1: I mean, look.
0: Here is the thing. I love Wonder Woman. Yeah, me too. Uh, what a cool character. Number one. Mm-hmm. What a cool character for. Um, you know, we both have daughters. Yeah. Because um, you know my son's really not into. Uh, he's not old enough yet to just think like Gal Gadot is. Uh, yeah. You know, attractive mm-hmm. or whatever. And so he just doesn't want to watch any, like, girly stuff. Um, but, man, what a cool character, right? Yeah. And not to mention that, it's like the premise, the 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 pitch that they pitched to us, the audience, was Wonder Woman in 1984.
1: What could be better? I mean, when, when we first saw the poster, it was like, first of all, I mean, this podcast wouldn't be possible without a massive amount of nostalgia for the 80s. Um, mm-hmm. especially right around that time of 84. Um, you know, you see the poster, you see that killer font, that like Olympic font. you see all the colors, the colors you see yeah. the costume that oh God they botched it all to hell, but like you see the costume that she that Linda Carter wore. In an episode of the '70s one, and so it was just like, "Oh my gosh, they they are going to knock this out of the park." Yeah,
0: I mean, you could. I mean, the question that you just have to answer out of the gate is: Did the movie live up to the poster? No, (gasps) not even close. Not even close, man. And I think one of the things that forget about, like, we don't even have to dive into it, but we can forget about the plot. Forget about the effects, Mm -hmm. whether or not we liked um, Mm -hmm. the effects. Mm -hmm. Forget about all that for a second, yeah. And let's just talk about the fact that they totally, in my mind, capitalized on nostalgia vibe that shows like Stranger Things and, you know, all the stuff. Uh, even Thor Ragnarok, right? Yeah. Like, that should have been their model. Like, if we're going to do something like this and call it Wonder Woman 1984, it needs to have this overall vibe mm-hmm. like Ragnarok did, which isn't set in the 80s, but it had the vibe. Well, I, th- you know?
1: I think a lot of it, too, is like, and, and this is what's so great about Stranger Things um, you know, being set in the early 80s and then progresses over the course of the 80s as a whole. But n- number one, you kind of have a... Um, it's almost like you have to... There has to be sort of a genuine vibe of, like, intention. Uh-huh. And let me let me explain that. That means, like... It, it. Like, Wonder Woman 84 felt like a very studio decision. It felt like, oh, we're going to do... Like a Stranger Things, uh, you know, it's set in the 80s and, and it's going to, you know, really appeal to that crowd. But yet we're going to leave out uh, it, it, like anything 80s. Anything 80s. I mean, that, that, other than the, shoehorn in like the little like fanny pack scene, that's yeah, it. That's it, dude. I mean, like that's the most frustrating
0: part. Like it's almost like if you're going to do something and call it Wonder Woman 1984, 1984 needs to be a character almost. Like, you know
1: 100%. What I'm that's a great. It needs way to,
0: to put be. It. it it needs to be such a part of the story yeah. that you know the only thing kind of that would remind you every now and then was Pedro Pascal's like suit, and you're like, well, yeah. okay, I guess that's kind of eighties and the power suit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It was just that part alone disappointed me so much that it was hard to, and I tried, man. I mean, I you know we were so pumped up, mm-hmm. like. Man, it's coming out on HBO Max. We're going to be able to see it from the comfort of our home. We don't even have to pay for it. They're just giving it away. Which
1: now makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, And I will say, too, um, after watching it, I I thought like, oh, well, maybe it's me being a little harsh. Um, I've -hmm. been like a graphic designer for the last eight years or so. And even the intro, it's like the sort of the, the effect and like the post the editing and stuff it's like you have that crappy like static tv font oh yeah yeah like the v it's almost like a vhs effect but it just kind of looks thing. so fake because it's like yeah. hey guys guess what you can't you can't like pull off like this it's like they you know what it felt like man well hold on it they, felt it's like, like a tw- okay it's like they were so still concerned with like making gal gadot look you know like a I don't know it's like everything had to look so perfect and to me that that sort of fights the the whole feel of like the 80s because yeah. even like the costuming I thought was awful and they missed so many cool sort of opportunities there I and mean, I did like the the <clears throat> good god
0: I did like the <laughs> I did like the like the red white and blue the old school you know
1: yeah had, but even
0: I did like that but even
1: that was just like just come on I man, don't take know, it man. easy.
0: That's the only saving grace of that movie. But you know what it felt like, man? It felt like someone, like a studio head mm-hmm. said, or not even a studio head, maybe it was Patty Jenkins. Maybe Patty Jenkins says, I have this incredible idea. I want to set it in the 80s. And then she's so far up the chain that once it gets down to the design and art department, these kids, they're like 20-year-olds. That's what it felt like. It felt like a 20-year-old was like, oh, okay, cool. This set is in the 80s? Yeah, this is what the throw 80s in are. a Yeah, throw in a distorted, like glitch uh effect and there we go we're done what yeah yeah that's exactly right and it's just such a shame man because they could have done so much like i said man i really think they should have used the, that 80s time period as as a character not just kind of like a a reminder mm-hmm. that was done via like one or two lines of dialogue and or 30 seconds of a scene you know right
1: right yeah yeah i mean i the, the only thing that i thought was like sort of, I thought Pedro Pascal was. He was pro, he was definitely like the most '80s, you know, mm-hmm. thing. I, I I like I like the attempt that they used um, on uh, Kristen Wig to play yeah. her up as the um, almost Janine character. Yeah, yeah, God Dude, in that's Star so Wars. Funny, I was just about to say that. Um, I like that. Yeah. That's that's an '80s Star Wars. You mean, uh,
0: huh? Ghostbusters.
1: A Ghostbusters. God, did I just say Star Wars? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Man, I love Janine in Star Wars. She's so good. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I can appreciate that. It just felt like, and to me, like the whole, uh, like resurrecting Chris Pine, but he's not really Chris Pine. Uh, he's in the body of another dude. Come but, on. But she doesn't really seem to notice. Stupid. It's weird. So man. stupid. It almost yeah. felt like, like okay, we have this whole movie. We have this whole plot. And Gal Gadot, while she's extremely charming and charismatic, she's not the greatest actress. So, mm-hmm. I mean, she's a little flat, which is which is okay for like a stoic superhero. But that means you need a a really strong uh, supporting cast to play off of. Mm-hmm. And it felt like they just they weren't confident enough yeah. with just Gal Gadot. I mean, there was they, oh well, we got to we got to bring Chris Pine back mm-hmm. to have that back and forth. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. I think overall it just fell flat, man. It was just disappointing. Yeah, me too. Missed opportunity, man. Big time. And it just sinks because, like, I feel like every, like, sort of, uh, spin off movie that that DC's
1: made, um, I just cannot get it in this
0: universe. Not, not like The Joker, but in this universe, Mm -hmm. they've just, you know, it's just, they're not, they're trying so hard. Even like last night, I'm laying in bed, can't sleep, turn on, um, Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. and as I am watching it, it's like some I, I and I completely forgot this, but it's like somebody says the f word, and I am like, yeah, what? Like you're, you, you, you are trying so hard to be like dark and edgy, yeah. But it's like, dude, I don't know, you know, I don't know how long it's been since you watched the Christopher Nolan trilogy. Oh man, but he did not have to do that. Nope, you know, and it was dark, and it was like heavy and. I don't know, man. It, it just, like, it feels cheap. It's the same reason, like, mm-hmm. we used to talk about when we were writing songs all the time. You know, there's certain songs where a quote-unquote bad word do you, By the way, into, real quick, do
1: you say curse word or cuss word? What did I just say? You said bad I said bad word. word.
0: Curse. I don't usually say either, but...
1: I say um, cuss word, but... Cuss, yeah. A lot of people say, say curse. Words. I've never said
0: curse. Which random thought because of that. I loved in Fantastic Mr. Fox whenever oh, they yeah, replaced cuss words with like the word cuss. He's like, "What <laughs> the cuss are you talking about, dude?" That's brilliant. Oh, it's so good. Um, anyway, go ahead, go back. Yeah, like we just felt like it's a cheap and easy road to use cuss words in anything. Although, although art, we poetry.
1: we did we would have a few cuss words here and there, yeah. but it would be yeah, it has to fit the 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 vibe and serve you know, like the there's song. This, yeah, exactly. Like the the part of that
0: Oasis song where he says. Um, You know, wipe the shit from your shoe. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I always thought that was cool. Whether it's the alliteration of the shit and shoe or whatever, yeah. Um, You know, I think there's moments for it. But even just, I just feel like DC has a lot of trouble. I mean, to me, man, Aquaman was one of the worst movies (laughs) I've ever seen. (laughs) We just, I mean, literally, I remember like being in the theater and just being like, "My God, this is like he's eating a rose right now, folks."
1: Yeah, there was some. uh, It's just embarrassing. I mean. Honestly, though, as weird as this sounds, I actually I think I I enjoyed uh, Aquaman more than I did Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, probably.
0: But I mean, you know, you go from remember the first time you see Aquaman, he's like he's slamming this Jack Daniels bottle down, waves oh, are crashing all white looks stripes so song. bad to the bone. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then so that's that's oh, okay, cool. And yes, Aquaman movie is going to be great. They've taken this character that kind of seems like. A little, like, uh, you know, not really that cool uh, uh, that swims with dolphins and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then they've made him into this, like, Jason Momoa, like, just bad to the bone Pacific Islander, like, dude. And you're like, okay, this is going to be amazing. And then you watch the movie, and he's eating a rose? Yeah. I mean, how does it get, dude, these are monster... The same kind of stuff blows my mind with some of the Marvel, (laughs) some of the choices Marvel makes. These are gigantic companies, man, with... With property that is so old, mm-hmm. and there's just a ton around them. How do these things get passed, man?
1: Uh, well, again, I think it falls on like uh, the studios. I think it's like certain decisions are like executive decisions. Um, I mean, to me, I feel like the only person that could get that can like pull this off. Uh, well, not the only person because there's a few exceptions here and there, but like I feel like. If a director comes in and says, "Hey, I've never read a comic book in my life, but I'm going to do this Superman comic, or I'm going to do the mm-hmm. Superman movie," or you know, I I feel like that's kind of a common thing. That uh, it's just sort of like, "What are you doing?" Like, I feel like unless those people have an extreme like vision of their own th- that they're bringing to mm-hmm. the table, like Tim Burton, like um, the, the the Russo brothers that did captain america 2 winter soldier it's like those are the exceptions but i feel like there's a lot more of those people who are like oh well i don't really dig comics uh so i'm gonna come in and and do you know it it just it felt like it feels like they don't know the characters at all so they're just sort Mm -hmm. of like oh yeah we're gonna make him like dark and edgy and it's like whoa you do realize that like while you think that's a revolutionary concept we tried that in the 90s in the comics and it Almost completely destroyed the comics. You know, yeah. It's just like, yeah. It's like, what are you doing? I think in some ways,
0: I think it all comes down to man, like either this person is a good writer or director right. or not. Yeah. You know, because like I think someone with no experience can come in and just like do amazing things, and it might even be kind of nice that it's like a fresh approach. Yeah. Uh, well, Taika Waititi, uh, you know, he's yeah. That, that's I mean, who, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I mean, in my opinion, dude, that guy single handedly saved the Thor franchise well, to me. But that, like the but, other Thor movies,
1: garbage. But he's the perfect example of like he's he are, he's coming in with like a vision. Hunt for the Wilder People, which you've still not seen, yeah, is probably in my top five movies of all time. Yeah, he he's a guy who brings a unique vision. He's brilliant, dude. He is brilliant, and his his like his comedic sort of like sense of of comedic mm-hmm. timing, timing and yeah. like placement is just he's so funny man
0: yeah because like within Ragnarok one of the reasons that I love that movie so much is there's just so much it's just like a Star Wars movie really there's so much so many parts to it like there's the funny stuff there's like the serious stuff that happens Mm -hmm. there's like this you know battle between Thor and his like estranged sister that's just like evil you know yeah and there's this like father and son thing you know there's this like um brotherhood thing there's this i mean there's just so much it's so like thick and complex but yet still feels good and it's funny at times and it's sad at times it's just perfect Mm -hmm. and then you got wonder woman and it's just like dude (laughs) can i read some of these like hilarious
1: imdb reviews oh god i mean i i will say the only person that i think that i've seen anything that likes it is our best friend Johnny man, I He I, and you know I think if I remember right too Johnny liked um, Aquaman I mean I didn't
0: hate Aquaman but I, I oh man you gotta rewatch it dude I, I was forced to watch that sucker on an airplane well I say forced I mean, dude, so I obviously know. there's other options I thought you know I'm gonna give it another try surely and I'm pretty sure it was after talking to you and Johnny and I'm like surely surely it's good these guys said it wasn't that bad I rewatched it again I didn't make it but like twenty minutes in, I'm like, this I cannot
1: believe that this was made. It's embarrassing. Well, I gotta say, <clears> to <throat> me I mean, I think the worst part of the whole movie is Nicole Kidman and and all of man. her plastic. She's Yeah. I think we've talked about her on here before, man. Oh Poor thing. But
0: dude, God she's the God, worst. What is the movie, man? Did we talk about this already too? Funny that you bring that up because on that same flight, I think it was to Ireland, um, I watched this movie with her in it that was fantastic man she plays this like she plays this police officer that was an undercover police officer like years before oh you told me about this yeah and it like kind of goes awry and then she has to like the bad guy kind of has resurfaced and stuff it is fantastic man just very well done but dude hold on i gotta read this imdb review now sometimes in fact our very first episode that's never seen the light of day Mm-hmm. was us talking about star wars the rise of skywalker and basically kind of battling these terrible imdb reviews <laughs> um of that you remember that mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, i mean i don't even know if we had those uh recordings anymore I, we should try to find them but those were hilarious yeah <coughs> i disagreed with almost 100 percent of them but so i don't put a lot of uh gravity or worth into any any sort of like IMDb reviews yeah, but sometimes
1: neither. it is so hilarious to like read them and Rotten Tomatoes it seems like yeah it's like come yeah. on
0: it's never you know sometimes it's right on the money in terms of like whether or not it's good mm-hmm. i'll talk about another terrible movie that my wife and i watched uh, this break that is just oh my god it's so awful okay this is hilarious says make the title of the review is first off this is two stars mm. uh, which I don't know, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty yeah. uh, kind. But the title of the review says, Makes Justice League and Suicide Squad look Oscar-worthy. Mm-hmm. It says, I have low expectations for DC movies. Some have delightfully surprised me. This falls flat on its face after 15 minutes yeah. and never recovers. Yeah. This one says, From Hero to Zero in just two Wonder Woman movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one star. Just read the other
1: reviews. All true. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's sort of the oh, lazy man. way out of that one, but yeah. but it is true. Well I I'll say this too. Uh, Maybe we've harped on it long enough. Well I uh oh my little kiddo's coming in the room that was up all night in our bed. What's up, little kiddo? You wanna what you wanna talk? You gonna talk with us? <laughs> hey. <laughs> What's your name? What are you doing, <laughs> <laughs> Ellie? You don't have to hold the mic. Hey, this is my daughter, Elliot. She's two. I'm down. You want down? No, I got you. You want to draw with me? Yeah. That's amazing. Well, this is this is a uh, okay. Go hang out with mom, okay? Mom. Hey, she'll put she'll put on Elsa, okay? Mom. Okay, love you. It's all good, man.
0: Look, I think we harped on uh, Wonder Woman quite enough. Uh, Everyone probably gets it. Yeah. We don't like it.
1: Um, Oh, one one thing thing that we um, (laughs) think. Well, at least one thing hadn't
0: changed in 2021. Yeah. Well, Well,
1: no, one thing that you brought up, the fact that they didn't use Ride the Lightning when she's. Oh, my. It's like, what are you doing, guys? It's like, use
0: use every penny of Mm -hmm. your soundtrack uh, fund. Yeah. I, I can't think of the word. Budget. Um, budget, there we go. Yeah. Use all of it. Yeah. And get Metallica to let you use Ride the Lightning mm-hmm. when she's literally riding the lightning. Yeah.
1: That was my favorite scene. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the movie. Well, I again, like... Um, well, I God. wasn't finished. You're you're ready to wrap up and I still got... No,
0: no, no. I'm saying that was my sigh of just disappointment in the movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that... I think that it just it it kind of uh had the same issue as uh Batman Returns where I felt like you, you we see Wonder Woman in action like barely any at all until like the very end. I mean I felt like there mm-hmm. were a few cool moments like um the
0: opening sequence I thought was awesome. When
1: she was a kid, I thought the mall yeah. scene was a little cheesy. Like I like I her remember. winking at like the little girl but like some of the oh, yeah. some of the choreography was a little weird. Mm-hmm. kind of cheesy but yeah yeah, the ending was cool. I thought uh I I really think that the um is it Kirsten Wig or Kristen Wig? I don't oh, know. Man. I don't know why I'm second guessing myself.
0: Miss Wig.
1: Miss Wig. Um <laughs> I really love her. I think she was great in Bridesmaid. Yeah, She's amazing. I felt like she did not utilize any of that charisma that she has on other stuff. Yeah. Which kind of leads me to like to look back at the director. It's like Yeah. I know, man. And here's, dude, here's, this kind of gets into
0: where I get a little nervous. Because she... Hey, Woody, hold on. Just a second, buddy. Hold on. Hey, baby. You're going to have to go, No. I think this would be a great time to take a quick break and hear a fabulous word from our sponsors. After these messages, we'll be right back. Tyler, man, you know, there's one thing that got me through this COVID craziness. I got in the mail a couple of items from our merch store. Mm. And I got to tell you, man, this crew neck sweater is maybe one of the most comfortable things I've ever worn. The inside of it is like, I don't know how to explain it, man. I'm I'm never going to take this thing off.
1: Wait a minute. We have sweaters?
0: Oh, yeah. We've got sweaters, hoodies, t-shirts. Huh? Like knit sweaters? Sweatshirt. Come on. (laughs) Dang it, man. Okay. Just go with it. I mean, you know what I'm saying. Sweatshirts. This sweatshirt is the most comfortable thing I have ever put on. I also got this like really cool trucker cap that says B-Rad on it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think if people haven't already, they need to go check out our merchandise store. They can find it at shop.spreadshirt.com slash that would be rad. So again, that's shop.spreadshirt.com that would be rad. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very intense,
1: line For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant, man-like creatures from
0: another dimension, another world. I don't know.
1: The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. You are listening to that would be
0: red. Okay, so I think we said enough about. Uh, I think people understand. We don't like the new Wonder Woman.
1: Yeah, we've ragged on that movie enough. Uh boy, that's a phrase I haven't heard um, of. There were time. a few cool moments, but overall, two thumbs down from mm-hmm. the That Would Be Rad podcast. Yeah.
0: yeah. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah. I tell you another movie that
0: man alive was just uh pretty terrible. What's that? Was Ava. It's on Netflix. It's got um Oh, uh, you know,
1: I think I saw even- I think it was on one night. Don't even um, try, man. It is terrible. Well, I feel like I kinda liked it, but I think I was no. waist deep in uh well, no pun intended, but the Warriors Waterdeep yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. D app. Uh so I wasn't really watching it, but um I mean I the cast thinking it was is, all right. Uh, it's pretty outstanding. It's got Jessica Chastain,
0: John Malkovich, Common.
1: Nah, maybe I
0: didn't see it because I don't remember. Colin Farrell. Yeah, he's a big part of it, too. And so it's mm. got, like, all these pieces that would make it a pretty cool movie, but yeah. it just doesn't deliver, and it's just not good. I feel like mm. we're complaining a lot, so should we talk, <laughs> let's talk about something, like, you know, that makes me sound less like a curmudgeon that has an illness.
1: Okay. Um, one thing that I've recently seen, I'm still not done with it, um, and I really just, I was not interested in getting into it at all, but... There was nothing on, and it was the first thing I saw, and I was like, you know what, man, I've heard a lot of good things. So we started the Queen's Gambit, and really? it's awesome. Really, dude, it's amazing. Yeah, oh, it looks so boring to me. You saw it? No, I, I mean, oh I, no, no, I no, no just, it, it just, just looks yeah. so boring, dude. That's what I thought too, man. It's it's really cool. No, this is this is um, I I can't think of what the what the lead girl what what else she's been in but oh man a ton of stuff she's awesome man yeah she she is amazing uh, she just makes it i mean she's got this i don't know she's such a weird character and it's funny because as i was watching i I actually was i had this thought of like you know i'm really drawn to these these girl characters that are you know they're not like the typical sort of uh i don't know it's like they, they don't rely on like being ultra Over pretty, or like put central together, central or like yeah. sort of seductive in a way that like they can sort of manipulate situations. I'm, I'm drawn to like the girls that are just sort of well act like characters um, that are kind of like I don't know, just kind of left of center, a little off. But yeah, she's she's incredible, and it's it's really cool. I'm telling you, you you really will dig it. Yeah, she was in Split. Mm.
0: She was the the main girl that... Um, I don't know if you ever saw Split. Yeah, or, I did. I um, can't remember her I it, but that's kind of like the first time I ever saw her. She's also in New Mutants,
1: um, which that's, I haven't seen yet, but... I don't know. I'm I'm kind of torn on New Mutants. You haven't seen it yet, have you? No. I will say... I don't know. There's things that I really love and things that I, I feel like, again, was sort of missed opportunities. I think a lot of the issues with New Mutants is...
0: Now, don't spoil it for me.
1: Well, me. No, 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 I'm not. But, like, the the in the in, like, the background of everything that was going on, like, I think they changed director several times. They, originally, it was going to be horror, and then they did a bunch of reshoots, and were like, oh, no, 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 we're going to make this, like, a, a teen sort of thing, and then they went back to it being horror. So it's kind of... Yeah, it's I, confusing. Yeah, I think a lot, again, kind of like what we were talking about with Wonder Woman, I think a lot of it is sort of studio exec decisions instead of creators, but... Um, yeah, she's she has a couple moments in New Mutants. She plays the role of Magic, uh, Colossus' sister, for all those non-X-Men fans, and um, Ileana Rasputin, and she's she's awesome. Oh, I, uh, I started watching Cobra Kai uh, oh yeah, a couple three. days ago. I mean, I just finished this Spider-Man piece, which is... Um, kind of blowing up on my instagram i it looked pretty uh time consuming that one man yeah boy it, it really has been um and it's it's this is a common thing with a lot of my my artwork there's like a ton of detail so it takes forever and so you know if if say a piece takes 12 hours like solid 12 straight hours uh-huh. which usually they they take longer but um I will hate that piece from hour 1 until about hour 11:59. <laughs> and yeah, and then I'm like, okay, this is this is kind of coming around, but um but yeah, I and I end I realized that um wow, I've never done a Spider-Man commission or even a finished Spider-Man drawing just in general, In my general, whole life. Yeah. So, yeah. When
0: you said that to me, I thought I, that's the first thing I love too. I don't think I've ever seen you no. um, draw Spider Man, which I think f- I think, uh, I, think was, I don't know. I think there's some you did it really really well. I, I love you. your uh, your take on it. <clears throat> you know, it's interesting too. Uh, a question that I had as you're talking about it is mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> do you can you move from like let's say you have this Spider Man piece that you're working on, but mm-hmm. then you also have in other words, is that the only one that you work on? You can't really like
1: jump to a different one. You you have to focus on the one or how do you do you no, never I, mix it up? Like I that typically jump around um quite a bit. Like hmm. um like I actually so, started working on this probably back in October and then Cam at Inky Knuckles, my art rep, he had the idea that we would do we could do some like Halloween pieces. And it was super, super kind of him. He um he didn't He's like, you know, I, I won't take a cut, but we'll do like a Halloween thing, and I think it'd be cool if you guys did a couple of, uh, if you guys do some like Halloween theme pieces. So I did some um, some Hellboy pieces, and then for my friend uh, Benno, he's like a art collector who has some incredible stuff. He's he's out of Atlanta. He's the one who um, paid for the the Bride of Frankenstein piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started on I started kind of the prelims of this Spider Man all the way back in October and then I kind of have bounced around. I think I did a cover for dark horse or image. I can't remember. Like when um, you okay, you're just opening up more questions for me. So sorry. when
0: you have something that you're working on like this,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like how do you make sure that somebody didn't spill coffee on it? Or like do you put it in like a special Yes.
1: Okay. I actually um I kind of ended up getting these these like they're called like flat file cabinets. Mm -hmm. Um, and I ended up kind of, uh, just going for it. And I think it was actually a gift for my wife, Courtney, which is really nice. Another quick question for you along
0: these same lines. Okay. When you're, when okay. So you have this commission, you know, you're going to work on Mm Spider-Man. You kind of know, like, I mean, the, do you kind of like sketch out in your mind or on paper, like the general idea and then just put in all the details later, or are you kind of just like sort of how we would
1: write? um in the band sometimes where we would just kind of put pen to paper and then just let it go. No, I'm sadly no. I mean with songwriting that was a gift that both of us had. Mm-hmm. But um with this, I'm actually I feel like if anything, this is sort of uh sort of like a a negative of mine is that because I'm so like sort of detail oriented and there's so many sort of um it's like when the Spider-Man drawing came in. It was like, oh, you know, I think I feel like your average artist could be like, oh, cool, I'll just knock this out in a day. But for me, it's like I labor over these things for hmm. days and days and days and days before it even gets to the main, the finished product of actually drawing the the piece. I mean, I have pages and pages and pages of different, uh, like just like web patterns, and like, oh, well, I want stitches on this part, and I want like. Like, yeah, but dude, don't don't. Yeah, but don't beat yourself
0: up over it, man. Because <clears throat> the inner result for someone who can't draw, like that, that's the thing. For me, I'm always fascinated, extremely fascinated, I should say, by the things that I just, I just don't have mm-hmm. the skill set. You know, yeah, so whenever I'm do. looking at this stuff, um, I, I'm viewing it through like, man, you know, like, golly, like all the all the detail. I and mean, that's part of my favorite stuff in your art is like the extreme detail. Now what's funny is yeah. I don't know if we have mentioned this before on a different episode, but like, I didn't know, like, I just, I don't know. I, I figured that there's just like, you're just drawing this with a pen and then you go <laughs> in and sprinkle some magic. I, I, I don't know. I didn't know that you're using like these freaking brushes. And so every yeah. single small detail mm-hmm. is literally done by hand. And I just, I feel like, and maybe this is my ignorance But I just feel like that's just not happening as a whole in the comic artist, you know, industry, right? I I don't know if people are still using brushes on all those little details. And I don't say that in, like, a negative way on anybody that does it the way that they do it. I just mean it in a way of, like, that's a really cool way Mm -hmm. to sort of, you know, separate yourself and your work from from the, uh, the pack. Because, like, if you look at your stuff or if people go to your page and um look at that stuff mm-hmm. dude it's immediate apparent like how much time is invested forever. into every single small piece of whatever and so for for like someone looking at it like myself objectively dude it's so fun to like look through the work and mm-hmm. and and then notice all these little like things
1: you know what i'm saying yeah yeah
0: it's really cool yeah
1: yeah and that's that's part of um that's the stuff that i really kind of get into too and so I, I guess I made it so I've always drawn I've always been I always wanted to be a comic artist I was accepted to the Joe Kubert school out of high school I had a free ride at SCAD back when it was only the Savannah College of Art and Design when it was only in in Savannah now there's like you know there's one in Atlanta I think there's a couple more but you know I've always drawn but probably like 10 years ago maybe uh, Maybe eight or nine years ago, actually, I you know I've been a designer full time, but uh, I I kind of made the decision. I discovered a guy by the name of Raphael Grandpa, mm. and a guy named Paul Pope, and mm-hmm. to me, they are the two greatest and most sort of influential, unique voices in comics in the modern age. Um, mm-hmm. And fortunately, uh, you know, through the years and because of my style and, and how we have similar techniques or whatever. I, I don't know. But um, we're actually kind of good friends. I have a picture of them, uh, them both on my art desk at all times. You know, it's like a little inspiration. But um, But those guys both are heavily into, like, the old way of doing things. So they're mm-hmm. – it's all about, like, using a brush. You dip it in your ink, and then there you go. You know, with – with both of them they're both really different. I feel like I kind of fall somewhere in the middle of both of them. Um, you know Raphael's very like controlled but it's very sort of flowy, almost like um, almost what's called like rubber hose cartooning, like the old 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 ways hmm. um, where you know it's sort of these line variations it's like say you're going to do a curve will you start like you know thin to thick to thin? It's it's hard to explain, but, like, once you mm-hmm. see it, you'll be like, oh, I, I know exactly what that is. Um, and so I love that. And then you have Paul Pope, who is sort of, he's very, like, rock and roll. And um, uh, which he would laugh <laughs> probably mm-hmm. hearing that. But he's very, um, he is, like, the guy that you were talking about earlier, where it's just this sort of, like, you know, stream of consciousness Um he just can just go and he's amazing. He's like a, it's kind of like what you'd think of like a jazz musician where he just, mm-hmm. he just kind of like lets the brush go. Like he'll send me, um, like pencils of something he's going to work on. And him and I are kind of similar in our pencils. Like I hate my pencils, I think it's garbage. And honestly, they're just a way, it's just a vehicle to get me to no matter Final. what's here. I just want to get to where I can just. Use use my brush, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and he's a lot like that too. It's just these loosey goosey pencils that kind of don't make any sense, but they make sense to yes. us. Yeah, it's like okay, yeah. I need I know it's that kind I'm like the gonna outline do this, 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 of a this.
0: story or something. You know, it's just like little scribbles and notes that wouldn't yeah. make sense yeah. to most, but
1: to the to the creator, it, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, as far as that goes, I guess it's similar to like. <laughs> the old notes we would take. Oh my gosh! For yeah. songwriting, just, I, mean, yeah, I mean, and we do that with songwriting. I mean, I've got this notebook too, just for the podcast. Man, it's just like the most oh random yeah, stuff. But yeah, for all those nerds out there, I use uh, Yasutomo um, or Yasutomo uh, Sumi Inc. It's a uh, Japanese company, and actually, Paul Pope is the one who turned me on to it. I use uh, Raphael. 8408, number three, four, and two brushes. They're uh, a French company. Um, they look so I, cool, too, man. We're going to have to post some pictures of them. Yeah, they yeah, look yeah. Really, yeah. Really, really cool. um, I use Eon art boards. Uh, they're out of Tennessee, I think. Uh, so, South representing. Um, that's the only Bristol boards I use for everything. And. Um, yeah, I oh, uh, deleter screen tone. That's that's I, and what's funny too is like like I said earlier, I'm I've been a designer for years, um, you know. So my wife uh, was lovely enough to get me the big Cintiq tablet for Christmas mm-hmm. last year, which is amazing. Um, and you know I do a ton of stuff digitally and for like branding and a bunch of different stuff uh, as a designer. So it's always good to like. As much as I think that stuff's cool, I could it just I could just never replace the feel of having a paintbrush and dipping mm-hmm. it in ink. You know,
0: that's so cool, man. Yeah, so so cool.
1: Well, I, which is kind of which, oddly enough, uh, as a guitarist, which you and I both are guitarists, but as a guitarist with like pedals, um, it's kind of the same uh, philosophy. It's like it's just there's something mm-hmm. about like that analog like individual stone yeah. boxes it's funny of- man throughout the whole
0: i mean any. i mean i would say for the most part any songs that we wrote and stuff like my i you know my my stuff was always kind of like the um, the aesthetic sort of feel for the most part i was relatively like what we call like barefoot in terms mm-hmm. of like pedals i had like my tuner and um you know every now and then i have a variation of some fuzz pedal And I think you may have had like a delay at the very end. At the very end, man, I started getting into like a lot more stuff for sure. Mm -hmm. And, And it was fun. But, you know, there's just something about the... The the Hot Rod Deluxe, man, that just on its own plugged directly into that thing. And then the sound is just exactly what I needed. You know, the combination of my hollow body guitars and this
1: amp was just exactly what I always wanted, you know. And I was going to say it's funny because I hate that amp. Mm -hmm. I use like a matchless style boutique amp called a Thomas, which is built Mm -hmm. here by a guy named Butch Thomas in Georgia. Uh, I have a pedal board that's as big as a child's casket. um i like all that kind of like you know stuff but it's it is funny because like you know i have a Gretsch white penguin ltv special i have all these badass fenders and stuff and no matter what i plugged into your hot rod Mm -hmm. uh it it just sounded it just doesn't sound good but then magically you plug in these like little like vintage epiphones into it Mm -hmm. and it's just it's amazing yeah, especially like the
0: two, the two like sort of blonde ones, the one that like broke, the, the one from Japan, remember that had like the shortened neck? Oh, yeah. But I got the other one from Korea, the 70s mm-hmm. model that was from Korea. The casino? Yeah. And, uh, but that one, you remember, man, how hot it ran. Like, oh, yeah. You plug it in and it would just be like, wah, because the, the body is so like thin and hollow that it would just resonate like crazy. Mm-hmm. Any amount of signal in it would just make the whole body just like vibrate. Yeah. It was. You know, in the studio, with I think the only time we used it for anything was the feedback intro to going into that song Mona Lisa. That's the oh, only time yeah. it, it appeared on record.
1: Otherwise, it was just too like volatile. Dude, um, speaking of that, do you remember? I will never forget this moment. So we, for all you folks out there, we've said it before, but we were in a band called the Modern Society. Uh, we had we were making a record in L. A., which was like our Big record. Um, it was in Courtney Love's old studio in mm-hmm. Koreatown. Um, it was it was amazing. I still love yeah. that album. It was a great experience. We had a good, such a good time out there. Weeks spent out in LA, and uh, but there was there was a time when um, Stacy Jones, our producer, had a, an old like Matchless amp, which th- this is what turned me on to like Matchless style mm-hmm. amps, and. There was like a solo, and basically it was like a tube screamer with some delay, Uh but it it just wasn't giving it. Oh, and then like a '60s Jazzmaster, which he also turned me on to later, going and getting into the Fender Offset stuff. So I later got like a, a Mustang. Oh yeah, uh, Jazzmaster. Yeah. That one they had, man. Whew. Oh, it was amazing. It was like a '65 or something, but yeah. um yeah, just incredible. But I remember I had that into my '70s tube screamer. Just straight into this matchless, maybe delay, I can't, I can't remember. But the only way that we were able to get this sort of like, like, sort of liquidy, slidey kind of thing was like if you crank it up. So, like, basically, you're, which boy, boy, we're really getting into the, uh, yeah, the, weeds, getting here the for, weeds here but for non musicians okay. and artists. But, uh, but anyway, there was a moment where the only way to do that was we literally, it's me in the studio with the amp completely cranked to the max. Which was like one of the craziest moments, um, as far as being a guitarist, because you know, even if you crank up loud, like in your practice space, um, you know, to fight with like your drummer or whatever, it's still never totally all the way up. There's there's always that sort of. I mean, especially if you're in a place like around other people, Mm -hmm. it's always like, oh, well, that's probably a little too loud. Right. But like, this is the first time and it's a class a amp which is like pure power uh compared to like a class a b which is like it's like a higher voltage rating but like uh lower actually like lower output actually again nerd stuff but Mm -hmm. um but yeah i'm sitting in there and like he's like yeah yeah just just go ahead and crank the amp all the way up just turn it all the way up. And I remember turning it all the way up and it was the loudest thing I'd ever heard. (laughs) And I remember playing that solo and it was amazing because it was like, you know, you would hit a note, uh, and it almost has like a, like a, um, uh, I think it was in the solo to Cosmonaut. Um, but it had this thing where it's like, it would, every single note within like, if you let it hang for like more than a second, it would start like the feedback would start like coming up so it almost sounded like this mm-hmm. weird violin like mm-hmm. ramping up so you could slide into like the next notes and but the whole time it was like even with headphones on i remember it was so loud that like my body was like you could feel them yeah it was like concussive both. like it was yeah. like my body was like oh this doesn't
0: feel good this hurts <laughs> yeah man uh but yeah there's it's a lot time. of cool moments about that just that recording the sessions for a lot of those yeah. songs you know that I remember it was so much fun so Yeah and
1: unfortunately yeah. we our, that album um kind of went Never the way to the shelves man yeah. it went the way of the label so yeah. but, but you could still find copies uh on, on eBay on eBay from yeah. Japan and China mm-hmm. so that's interesting Um one thing that we can do is uh have an episode
0: maybe where we do like a, a rundown of one of the songs, do a little backstory about the song, and then yeah, play that'd the be great or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Now,
0: once again, we've done an entire episode <laughs> without even touching on. Now we've got how many now under under our belt? Two, three sessions of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, folks, we am so glad you're, you're bringing monsters. this. Up. Okay, we've battled all kinds of monsters. Now, whenever I say it exactly like that to my lovely understanding wife mm-hmm. immediately she rolls her eyes and says you didn't battle any monsters and
1: i said babe man that's rude you, you don't understand i don't even tell Courtney."
0: and then, like i'll show her like pictures of the beasts that we slayed together as a band yeah. of fighting adventurers mm-hmm. and i just get the same eye roll bro yeah but i gotta say man <clears throat> it has been So much fun. And I know there's a lot of folks out there, listeners that we've actually talked to via our uh, Instagram, who say, you know, like, I just don't know if I could get into that. And then some that say, man, it's amazing. Hopefully Mm -hmm. we can, you know, uh, be in a campaign together one day or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's just been, it's just so awesome. It, It exceeded any expectations I think
1: you or I both had, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, just, I, I I had played in like I've said before. I I had played in middle school. You had never played, um. So, but you know, I mean, I mean, that's been you know twenty years or something, you know, crazy. So, yeah. so we were both. It was both basically us going in kind of new. Um, and man, like our our DM or dungeon master uh ellis and um another dude who's been a friend of ours for years that uh used to play in other bands uh around uh you know we were kind of in the same circle mm-hmm. uh, A guy named luke pilgrim um it's it's just been incredible i mean you know and 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 we're not even playing you know because of all the the COVID yeah, stuff we're, we're doing it virtually you know like we so we play on this this um it's like Zoom but web app yeah, if you yeah. will. <laughs> uh, called Roll20 and it's really incredible because the DM can share um he can share like the maps and we you know we can see everything. We see like okay you're in this location or he'll share stuff that's like um that Hold he on, makes. Let me, let me let me pause your explanation real quick for people that have never played Dungeons and Dragons—they mm-hmm. might not know what
0: DM or just how it's all situated. So here's like the quick gist. Yeah, there's a person called the Dungeon Master or Game Master, depending mm-hmm. on what game you're playing, and what their job is essentially is to describe to you the scenario. Okay, so the beginning of the of the adventure could be something along the lines of, you know, you and your friends walk into this room. You see, um, a, uh, you know. I mean, God, it could be like a murder mystery. You see a body laying on the ground. What do you do? That's the famous Dungeons and Dragons, like question that the dungeon master will say, like, what do you do? And then at that point, people that are quote unquote players, it's their job then to do whatever you want. So you could say, well, I want to walk up to the body and see if it's still alive. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's all these like rules built into all of that, but that's just the, the general
1: gist of it all. Right. Yeah. And and these are called role playing games. Uh, also for all the newbies out there, um, and you're you know in the beginning you have what's called a session zero where you mm-hmm. you create your character, you roll dice to uh, you know to see if certain what attra- your abilities are and yeah if certain attributes and abilities and feats and stuff are higher or lower depending on what you roll like with your mm-hmm. with the dice, um, and so then you're you kind of have a character, and then with Woody and I we. Um, you know, we couldn't just leave it alone. We had to write <laughs> five pages just, on yeah, a piece on... Of backstory. Of backstory. Like novels of, yeah. those, like, who these people are, where they come from, yeah. why are they the way they are. Yeah, I mean, because our characters have to have motivation and they have to mm-hmm. have intentions. And and uh, so, yeah, it's, it's really cool because you mm-hmm. can kind of do anything. Um, yeah. And there's, like,
0: this rule set that exists... To be able to do anything, and you know, like when Tyler's talking about like rolling the dice to figure out what your attributes are, you know, these are numerical based attributes, and so whenever you come across, whenever you come across, um, across, jeez, what am I? You've done that before lately. No, I've never done that. It's like a swear. Whenever you come across these um, anything, then certain things and how your player actually is able to interact with whatever that scenario is. It's kind of dependent on those numerical values, right? So you couldn't say like, "Oh, I've, you know, there's this forty foot wall in front of me, um, I I leap over it." And it's yeah. like, "Well, yeah, you you can say that, and then you'd have to make a certain type of dice like roll, a to dexterity roll, yeah, if, if or an athletics check or whatever, yeah, to see if you do have the physical ability to do that. You know, chances are you probably don't. But so <laughs> there's all these like rules kind of that exist to kind of control whether or not you know you are able to do that. And so because of those it kind of kind of kind of guides and directs the, mm-hmm. the story a bit. But for people that are like creative in any way, whether that's, you know, film, acting, music, writing, whatever, this is like a dream. It's amazing. I mean, it's just so much fun. You get to do it with your friends. You know, it's the way that we you know, virtually right now hang out with our our buds um mm-hmm. and and you know do that. Now, all that being said, there's a faction of people, my wife being one of them who just, just don't get it. And that's yeah. okay too. You know, I, I understand cuz even just saying all this stuff out loud, I'm like, my god, our, our listeners are like, jeez, these guys are <laughs> legit dorks. Well, they they probably turned the podcast off. Uh,
1: yeah, we're going earlier. Into, uh,
0: but it is it's it's a lot of fun and I think it's a great way to just, you know, use imagination and, and go into these like worlds and stuff and and again they don't always have to be fantasy based you know there's all oh, there's a ton different, of different there's just so many different ways to do it and at its simplest form um you know i watched we talked about these guys the other day but there's a couple youtube accounts that i watched before i started getting into this one of them is like the dungeon dudes mm-hmm. um yep. another just guy it's kind of like him. uh wasd20 or whatever St- um still never remember what tough that is. difficult name uh, change it um and then um god there's another guy
1: I You're don't know but they have role. really
0: no no the, these two WSD20 and also um, especially the dungeon dudes mm-hmm. they have really good videos about like just getting started then it kind of explains it and it's a really cool sort of way to just say like you know simply put you can, you, it could be very simple. You could just, like the example that I did where it's like a murder mystery. You know, there's there's just these parties that people do. Like, I bet 100%, dude, that if we went to our wives and we're like, hey, we're going to do like a murder mystery party. Yeah. You know? Right. They'd be totally into it. You know, mm-hmm. they get a glass of wine or whatever if that's what they want to do or whatever, and then we have to, like, figure out who the killer is. Guys, that is Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. That is, is role-playing, you know? So. Yeah. All that to say, it's been a lot of fun, man. And, and like, both of us will get done with, like, the game. And, you know, that takes, like, four hours. Mm -hmm. And we just, like, get back on the phone. And we're like, dude,
1: how, whoa, It was amazing.
0: Can you believe? Like, I almost died. And then, yeah,
1: Well, and (laughs) it's it's just. And that's the cool thing about it, too, is. Hell, uh, right. (laughs) Keep keep going. I don't even know what I was going to say. It's fine,
0: dude. It's fine.
1: (laughs) Um, It's funny because. Woody and I uh, are both pretty, it's weird because we're both like, oh, we're artists and we're free-spirited and blah, blah, blah. But then at the same time, we're like highly sort of controlling and obsessive about things. Mm -hmm. Um, So on the one hand, you know, it's like we've sort of crafted these characters and like, oh man, this guy, you know, he's he's easily going to take out this and he's easily going to be able to do this, 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 this. But then there's still that like, you know a level of chance that's involved mm. um, God, with oh, rolling no, the dice, and yeah. you could be the greatest character of all time, but you roll, you a, roll a one, a one or a two or three, and you know you're terrible. So yeah, it's
0: like imagine, you know, it's like imagine having like the greatest warrior of all time, mm-hmm. and you're like, yes, man, look, we've got this army ahead of us. Um, what is that movie where like Brad Pitt plays um, Odysseus or whatever? Oh, what is that movie called? Troy. Okay, he's like the oh, mo- like I one of the most. Movie. Oh man! But dude, his his like group of soldiers were just so bad at the bone, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And there's Agamem- Agam- Agamemnon. Agamemnon was like Odysseus, and he shows up, and they you know pit their strongest against Brad Pitt, and he just runs up and just one thing and the guy falls and it's just like yes right mm-hmm. imagine doing that with a spoon yeah
1: or just like the equivalent of like rolling a one would be like
0: brad pitt walks up and the other guy just like knocks him the hell out yeah <laughs> you know or it's you're
1: like-, like running like this big triumphant run you've got your blade out you're about to take the dude and then you, you trip on a tree root yeah exactly and- and, and like, that happened to us, dude. Like, mm-hmm. that happened. Like, Tyler's
0: character is just like, super cool, like, elf who has, like, these crazy... He's a bladesinger. Like, we're really getting into this, aren't we? we? I mean, I think... I mean, we're the... <laughs> but there. anyway, his character is this, like, killer, like, elf who's got this power where he's just, like... Anyway, he's, like, very powerful and, and has these, like, cool, like, spells that he can use to, like, enhance battle and stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. whatever. And we're all excited about, you know, one of our first sort of battles. And then, like the rolls that Tyler did oh God, to roll for horrible. damage were like three, you know, out of like 20 or something, you
1: know, it was just, I'm just it was th- terrible. I'm just thankful that we, that I finally had a, some comeuppance with the rest of the group because the first time we got together, I mean, I don't think I rolled above a No, It would gave you so much grief too. We're like, well, real cool, man, yeah, because way to come I, along. Because I, another podcast that I, I'm really into is called D&D Optimized and again, if you don't like DD, just go and cut it off, because I don't know how much <laughs> longer this is going. But anyway, um, it's really cool and it's all about character build the character builds and mm-hmm. um, you know, like kind of crunching numbers and like, oh, you, you need to get this item, you need to get this feat, so that you can. I mean, these there's dudes out there that like I mean, they get really, really technical into mm-hmm. it. I mean basically like accountants yeah. for a game. Yeah. And so You know, I've listened to that and I created this character called a Bladesinger. And, um, you know, they're kind of like a wizard in a way, but you're an elf who's trained under, um, you know, uh, as an apprentice under another Bladesinger. So you kind of have like all these spells, but they're crafted around like magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're a wizard, but you're not really a wizard you're able you're to like, like a battling wizard kind of I, yeah but you're know. like whipping around the battlefield, just mm-hmm. slicing people up with like like a you know like a magic like a shadow blade it's like mm-hmm. kind of like a lightsaber if, you, if it uses the magic to enhance your like battle battle abilities, abilities right. right and yeah. so so this has been like a really powerful character all everything online is like, oh, this is like one of the most underrated powerful characters ever um blah 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 and so i 'm hyping this thing up. So much. Just so much. Like it's the it's just wait, guys. Don't even worry about it. You
0: know, and my character is like this little dwarf, because I don't know, I just I wanted to be a dwarf. Mm-hmm. And he's what's called a cleric. And a cleric uses basically like divine magic to mm-hmm. heal everybody else. So he's like kind of like a support guy. He's like the medic. He's like the battlefield medic, but I built mine to well, have a little a, he's bit like more a priest like. Attack. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So he's like a guy who really believes in the God. Well, really believes in God and ha- feels like he has this divine purpose to mm-hmm. help his friends in battle because the the battles that they choose to fight are divinely
1: influenced. Essentially, right? right? Uh,
0: so he's like the chaplain and the medic. <laughs> so yeah, and, uh, well, so and,
1: and your character also has an ability in brewing beer. Oh yeah, which is awesome.
0: <laughs> you know, he's kind of like the uh, what's the guy in? Uh, he's like Friar Tuck. In Robin Hood, yeah, that's like, that's that's a good one, yeah. But a lot more strong, powerful, and a little bit more like uh, grumpy probably than Friar Tuck. Yeah, he's not like a you know mm-hmm. roly poly kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But anyways, Tyler's just building this character up. Like our expectations are above and beyond. Like we're like, oh man, we've got nothing to worry about. We've got our buddy Luke, who's playing this um, huge half orc barbarian, like Which tank, is really, that? Which he's amazing. Is amazing. He is. Yeah, yeah. And then we've got. Um, um, elric the elf who Mm -hmm. is just like going to come in there and just (laughs) slice people to pieces Mm -hmm. and then i can come in and kind of make sure everybody's healthy and also i have some powerful spells that can knock some stuff down too oh yeah and then first battle out of the gate and it's just like (laughs) it's like tyler rolls and he's like oh man a four yeah oh cool man you stung him with it like a sewing needle (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly. exactly Oh, needless to say, we gave Tyler a
1: lot of grief and it was
0: hilarious. But all so, that to say,
1: our last battle, we had this huge battle against uh what were the characters? Man, tons, dude. I, I, like I gotta kinda of, fiends and like like yeah, these, dude. one was like this like woman
0: that um that was like this almost like a this female devil that had like these kind of wings but also like a scorpion's tail. And yeah. so like she would like attack
1: and then like also attack with the scorpion tail and Really powerful, yeah, dude. Really powerful. And so they're like, I rolled like a twenty and just came through, slicing everybody up. So it was, it was pretty awesome. It was awesome, man. But it's uh, it's, vindicating at at the same time. While I'm able to like deal a bunch of damage where my character can, you know, I don't have a ton of life, so or like what they call hit points, HP. Um, and so to be like a blade singer, you're out there in the middle of it, but it's like, boy, if I would've got hit one good time, Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, that's a good point. And you have to
0: like, with all these numbers, you kind of have to give up. It, it all kind of bounces out. So you can be like super powerful Mm -hmm. when you hit something, but then you might not have, you know, especially if it's magic based, you might not have the strength, you know, somebody could just knock you down and kill you instantly. So there's Mm -hmm. like this weird balance that you have to, and that's part of what Tyler was talking about in, in terms of like creating the character and kind of like sort of optimizing it mathematically yeah. to be balanced, well-balanced uh, mm-hmm. because you never know what you're going to come up against. Because that's another thing, like the the dungeon master, or game master has planned, you know, a basic outline of the areas that you're going to be, the things that you're going to potentially come across in terms of battling or, or talking to or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and so you don't know that though as the player. And so as he's describing the scenarios, sometimes you might not run into the things that he had planned or, you know, so <laughs> well, if, or tell, you tell might just about- run into this like poor little <laughs> dude that's in this like circle of hell that you try to intimidate by holding over a river of lava and don't think about how as you get close to that river of lava Lava's it's hot. not only burn you but burn this guy and we basically are like Trying to intimidate him, holding him upside down to tell us like, what the? How do you get into this like dungeon or, or this like castle or whatever?
1: Mm-hmm. This poor son of a gun just like dies in yeah. flames. And yeah, then so, we're like,
0: well, oh my god.
1: And what's funny about that too is so our dungeon master Ellis basically, you know, he creates j- just I mean an entire world. So we're in this area, and you in you know this this fight that we got into with these. Uh, these things before the reward was like a couple of these coins. Well, then these coins play out like way further down the story and you have to have these coins to get passage into this uh, other world kind of thing. I mean, it's, it's very, very elaborate and it's very thought out and, and all that, but it's funny cause you know, he created this, this character that we would meet who's this sort of rambling character who had gone mad and he had a pet ferret and or like a little pet mouse little or something. rat it was like a mouse yeah. and in his mind his intentions which he, he he'll never tell us like what it eventually was going to turn into but he did let us know like oh yeah this guy actually played a major part well you know we're talking to him and he's not giving me what well, he's not giving us what we want he's not giving us any information he's kind of like incoherent kind of rambling and talking to this rat well then we all agree well, hey, just go ahead and go ahead and intimidate him, and we we tell Luke, who's the bar- barbarian, yeah, just go ahead and hold him over like the the stream of lava that's like flowing by, and immediately he just catches on fire <laughs> and is God. dead. Well, then uh, then we feel bad because I'm chaotic good, so I'm a little on the fence. I'm a good character, but I'm on the fence, and I'll do whatever it takes to get the job done. So if that means killing somebody. So be it. So that's that's sort of my demeanor or character. And, um, you know, Woody's character is lawful good. He's, like, a priest, basically. He always wants to do the right thing. And so, you know, he uses a spell to, like, bring him back. But, but then we had already killed. His rat had just burst into flame, so he was gone. He's already in so much pain. He's in, like, this area called, like, the Nine Hells. So... I'll let you go ahead and finish the...
0: Yeah, I mean, basically, uh, <clears throat> we just kind of had to put him out of his misery and we just felt sick about
1: it in real life yeah, for so, like a week. So we caught him on fire. Well, we brought him to back head. to life. Could then we, to, like, oh, then we realized, oh man, this dude's already seen so much. We've killed his friend. Might as well mm-hmm. chop his head off. So it was like, <clears throat> <laughs> it was just this... <laughs> this. Uh, but it really was an amazing like moment that... It's just made up. Something yeah, just man. Made it up. And like we've,
0: we felt the emotions of like doing something that disgusting.
1: Well, you know not, not even that, but because your character is lawful good and you're basically like a priest. All of a sudden, your God that you derive your power from has kind of turned his, his like attention away from you. So mm-hmm. now all of a sudden, you're like going from like, are you going from lawful good to like, do you? phase into, like, another sort of, you know, level of, like, morality. It's just, it's amazing. There's so many options, and, you know, it's just, it's like real life, but you're, you know, you're role-playing. You're playing as your character. It's it's amazing. So I'm sure we'll have a lot more episodes uh, eventually when we get our Patreon up and running. We hope to bring you guys along with us on a few adventures maybe, and um, also other episodes where we just go you know, deep dives into into, you know, D and D and what we're experiencing in those games.
0: Yeah. Okay. Look, we said it all. I mean, you should be able to tell that we're dying to be in the studio, yeah. Dying to uh to get back to you because <clears throat> man, we missed you. And I um uh, well I'm certainly thankful that I'm on the mend uh having battled COVID mm-hmm. in my house, my wife and I both. Um it's just good to be back. So I'm looking forward to next week. The episode that we have in store for you is gonna be really killer. Yeah. And uh yeah, I hope everyone had a uh happy new year, a great holiday, and um, you know, has started off twenty twenty one on the right foot. Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah, Uh, you can find us at uh, our Instagram page. That would be rad. If you have anything you want to talk to us in private, you can send us DMs or send it to thatwouldberadpod at gmail.com. We love you. We appreciate you. We thank you for coming back. We're glad to be back. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a good year. And uh, we're looking forward to it. So, as always... Be
0: red that's the way you go